Welcome to the Militant Grind Podcast. Today, I have Nico Lagan. He's a right men's activist. He's also a men's coach, author, and host of a thought-provoking podcast called The Nico Lagan Show. Nico, how are you today, sir? I'm good. Yourself? Doing well, doing well. So, you wanted me to introduce you as a right men's <laughs> activist, right? And so... <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds right. about right. So tell me, like, what does that mean to you, being a right man activist? I, it doesn't mean anything to me. It means something to other people. All I talk about is to bring back masculinity, like traditional masculinity, like I try to call, like I like to call it. And I, I think it's last year somebody called me an activist because when you speak about something mm-hmm. enough it makes you an activist it seems like so i tend i'll use that because it takes everything i do and kind of puts it under the same title if you will but at the end of the day man all i want is for boys to have a father figure to not have to become a statistic like i've become to kind of bring back rites of passages to bring back a certain methodology as to what it is to be a man because boys are born but men are made. Mm-hmm. You don't become a man by simply living. You become a man by serving the people that you love, serving the community, serving. At the end of the day, men serve. That's what we're supposed to do. And right. we forgot. It's not something we teach anymore. You know, it's kind of interesting, man. Um, you know, I, I, I would say I'm more so about that as well. But yeah. I had to discover a lot of that on my own, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was a there was a post I seen on Instagram where a guy was saying, like, hey, if you don't get along with the mother of your child or your wife, you should leave because this is that and the third, right? And now we're a part of a society where men are leaving the women. And you know, back in the traditional days, it was more so like the women were the ones leaving the men. You know, and then I put out there, I said, you know, a man is supposed to be taken advantage of. Like, there is no <laughs> way you could be a man and not be taken. Like, like, what are you here for? You know what I'm saying? Because it's like you have to provide for your wife, your children, other people, your community. Like, if you don't have that virtue, it's kind of like it's pointless. And I was attacked from so many angles because I've said that. You know, you so. know th- there's a couple of things that I, I think it's really interesting about what you said that we should talk about more because some of it I agree, some of it I don't. Mm-hmm. We're disposable, first and foremost. Yeah. That's it, There's a good reason why we are the first and the last line of defense against anything. To, yeah. We are, and I agree with you a million thousand. I could not agree with you more that we are supposed to be protectors. We're supposed to be providers. We are supposed to have courage. Cur- the courage is the first virtue of, is the first of my five virtues when it comes to a good man. Because without courage, nothing's possible. You're not dependable. Mm-hmm. But then, if you look at it, I agree with you in a sense that we are we, we are disposable. Like Chris Rock said it the best: only women, only women and dogs are unconditionally loved. Right? <laughs> men never are. We are only loved. No when we bring something to the equation that's why before we started recording i was saying that boys are born men are made Mm -hmm. nobody argues a woman becomes a woman just by being capable of bearing life 
Right. A man becomes a man when he acquires certain qualities that we look for right. until another group of men, the society of men in which he belongs, tells him, you know what? You've proven to us that you're dependable. We can trust you. You have the skills and the virtues of a man. So that makes you a man. But mm -hmm. he needs to prove himself. He doesn't just become a man. The right. issue, though, with where you and I disagree is the part that you said that we were being taken advantage of in a way that we leave women is the complete opposite. If you look at the statistics, it's women that are leaving. Like if you look 90 percent, it's between 80 and 90 percent, depending on the education level of the woman that 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 divorces men in 90 percent of the cases they leave with the children. So the numbers are completely on the other side of what you're saying. Oh, well, that I was thing. just I, I was just speaking of like personal observation. Um based off like what I what I Yeah, see. you know, I Yeah. I my I'm sorry about that, but you know, yeah, I should No, yeah. man, never apo uh, don't apologize. That's the type of conversation I love to <laughs> people that don't agree on something should be able to have a conversation. Mhm. Mm Right. This, this does not mean that you're wrong. It's just when you look at the statistics, mm -hmm. the statistic shows the complete opposite. And even from my personal experience, I've seen so many of, me, of my friends get in a situation where their ex is vindictive and they're not seeing their children anymore. Now, with that being said, men are not choosing. We're, we're not. We're not. We have a large part of the blame to hold. We need to be whole, held accountable for this because we choose wrong right because you know if you it, there's some studies out there that show what are the what are the most important things to a woman when she chooses a long line like a long-term partner so yeah. what are the qualities she looks for a man and vice versa mm -hmm. women want status and wealth they they want they want something to show for that's why Women love to brag that their husbands are doctors or lawyers or engineers because there's a title to it. So right. they want status and they want wealth. They want something. They At the end of the day, they want somebody that can take care of themselves. Like mm -hmm. they, that's what they want. They want to be taken care of. Right. And men, on the other hand, we look for two completely different things. We look for youth because unfortunately we attach that with, I don't want to say unfortunately, it's just a fact. We attach that with, being capable of bearing a life. Right. And then we want trustability. We want faithfulness because that's the only way until very recently, there was no way for us to prove that our children were our children. <laughs> right. No, no, but it's true. So psychologically yeah. and it, you know, I, I don't remember where I read this, but they, they, there's somebody that was saying, God makes sure that the day your son or daughter is born, it looks like the father just kind mm -hmm. of, for one day, at least, your kids look like you, so you know that they're yours. Yeah. But you see that we're completely different, and unfortunately, we, we're we not polarized anymore, right? We don't want to admit that there are gender roles. There are things that women do better than men, and mm -hmm. there are things that men do a lot better than women, and one does not take away from the other. You look like a big guy. I'm 205, 210 pounds. My girlfriend weighs 105, 110. Who mm -hmm. do you think is the protector? You. Who do you think is supposed to take a bullet you. if something me? I'm bigger, mm -hmm. I'm stronger, I'm faster, my bone density is higher, I'm more aggressive by nature, I will take yeah. more risk. So yeah. it falls on to me. Yeah. And but those are realities. You look at my girlfriend, she's a lot more patient than I am. Mm -hmm. She cares about other people, she's more compassionate by nature. She's a more she's kind, she's more of a kind person than I am. 
doesn't does that not make sense if she has to bear children right can you imagine bearing children for nine months and not wanting to <laughs> kill it when it comes out no, but, but we laugh about this but nah. it's true it's yeah. we're we're built different yeah. but we need to rec we need to go back to a time where we recognize those and not only are we do we need to recognize those but we need to embrace it that you know the i'm sure you heard of the the passport Uh, what do they call the passport, passport brothers? Yeah. So, you know, as much as I understand, one of my my best friends like that, he, he can't date a woman from North America. Mm -hmm. They don't align with his value. Mm -hmm. He's a high earner, very intelligent, very intelligent person, very educated, takes very good care. He's a good looking dude that makes money. Mm -hmm. But most of the guys that I've seen their passport bros are not what traditional women are looking for. Right. And see, this is a this is a fallacy. We, as men in North America, we complain that women are not up to par to what they were 50 years ago, 100 years ago. But most guys are not up to par. Right. Go, it, 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 if I wasn't a protector, if I wasn't a provider, if I wasn't going to take care of my family, my girlfriend wouldn't stay around me. That's what she's a traditional girl. But you yeah. know what? She expects me to be a man. You know, I, you know, I, let's, okay. So let's just go with that. Right. Because nowadays men are complaining about women. Women are complaining about men. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like, I, and I kind of fell into that, you know, personally, where it was just like, it's her, it's her, it's her. Yep. But then when you think about like true manhood and you being the leader of your household, you know, it's mm -hmm. like God, man, women, children, it's like, bro, you have to take accountability for everything when you're a man. If something happens in the house, nobody's going to look at the woman. If your house is dirty, nobody's going to look at the woman. If It's the kids fault. aren't taken care of, nobody's going to mm -hmm. look at her. They're going to look at you and say, what's up? Why aren't you running this the right way? Mm -hmm. You know, what's, what's going on? You know, because I remember, man, I had a party and I cleaned up my house myself. <laughs> like, because she was getting her hair done. You know, yeah. people were like, oh, it's okay. I'm like, no, because this house represents me out at the end of the day. Yep. You know what I'm saying? All of this represents me. So I have to make sure everything is in order, especially when I have guests come, you know. But then it's like a lot of men who complain, who want to be passport bros. It's like, bro. The reason why you're not attracting the woman that you want is because you're not being the man that she needs to be. No man on this earth should ever complain about women. You know, it's what you're saying is interesting because if you look again, you look at the numbers, 95% of women battle for 5% of men. 95% of women are attracted. They want, they will yeah. drop their panties. For the five percent of men, yeah. why? Because instinctively, they most women today don't know what they want. They don't mm -hmm. understand what they want, but they can feel it. Women are based on emotion. They live mm -hmm. their emotions on a daily basis. They can feel what they want. Right. So instead, you know, men out there, instead of concentrating on trying to understand women, on trying to make them better, or to go to a different country to get them. How about you concentrate on becoming one of the top 5%? Right. And again, this always comes back. You said the perfect word, accountability. 
Look yeah. at every single problem in today's society. I don't care which one. It comes down to somebody somewhere that did not want to do their job that's blaming somebody else for their yeah. problems. It's always about accountability. Mm -hmm. And if you take accountability to say, you know what? Instead of spending most of my 20s partying like I did, like do, being, being an idiot, wasting my time, how about I surround myself by other guys that want to better themselves? How about I figure out what my natural skills are right. and start building a career on my natural skills, not on what I'm passionate about, what your right. natural skills are. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Oh, but I don't like it yet. You know what? I, don't, I didn't like my job for 20 years either. But you know what I did? I, I shut my mouth and I did it. Mm -hmm. Yes, now I have the freedom that I've been dreaming for 20 years. But it took me 20 years. Yeah. I didn't get the freedom I wanted in my 20s. Again, statistics shows that men are not really successful before 40 to 50. And even it's closer to 50 than it is to 40. Right. That dream that if you're not successful by the time you're 30, you miss something. No, bro. It takes time to accumulate wealth. Because right. if a man wants wealth, chances are he's going to need to become wise. Right. He's going to need to become intelligent. And mm -hmm. that, unfortunately, most of us don't have a father to teach us that anymore. So it takes you time to learn this. Mm -hmm. And this is what men should concentrate on. Stop chasing after women. Stop wasting your time with women when you're younger and develop who you are as a person. Right. Understand that eventually you will have a wife to take care of. You'll have a family. So build the skills that you need. Become courageous. Become a protector. Take care of yourself. Learn how to fight. Learn how to defend the family you don't have yet. Become a top earner. Invest a lot of your time in how to make money how to develop your natural skills in order to become to make money, but yeah. also develop emotional intelligence. Understand that you need temperance. Men are supposed to be tempered. Men are supposed to be stoic. You're mm -hmm. supposed to have your emotions under control or else they will control you. Yeah. And you need faith. Faith is my fifth virtue, not because it's the one that matters the less because it wraps everything together. Right. And, See, those are the things. This is why I talk about what I talk. This is why my next book is all about this so that men can understand that they need to concentrate on what matters and women will chase after you. Mm -hmm. You will have your pick of 95% of women. Why waste your time in your 20s trying to sleep with as many as possible like a lot of the influencers are telling you to do giving yeah. you all the tricks in the world how about you gain control over your most natural urges that is your sexual power just like napoleon hill talks in thinking grow rich 11 chapter about semen retention this will make you a super human if you can control your sexual urges. It's the most powerful thing that you that you actually own as a man. And we waste it on pornography. We waste it on sleeping around with women. We don't have any idea what it is to be a man anymore. And we concentrate on all the wrong things. Hmm. And we wonder why we're in this we're in the situation that we're in when it comes to society. No, it's interesting that you say, because you know, growing up. A lot of times people be like, you know, the more women you sleep with, the better you are as a man. You know, mm -hmm. that means you're yep. you're more of a man because you had all of these women. And now mm -hmm. it's like, 
the guys had had all the women, you know, it's like now it's it's nothing. You know what I mean? Like nothing is going on in their lives, you know, nope. like as far as like what I the way I see it, because during that time, you know, as you can see, you know, we both have books in our background. So that, mm. that says a lot like we were trying to become wiser, top yep. earners, you know, the best men we could be, because I knew, you know, if I do not develop my mental, my physical, my spiritual I will not be able to attract the type of woman that I need to attract. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I mean, this time is going to go by anyway. So mm -hmm. why waste time trying to get, you know, whoever's available to sleep with, which is typically the lowest in the, on the totem pole, because you're looking for oh, a yes. quick fix. You know yep. what I'm saying? So it's like, in order to get the highest on the totem pole, you have to develop yourself to attract that person. You know what I mean? So it's like when my friend told me this when I was 18, he was like, sometimes you just have to step your game up to get the type of woman that you want to get. And it's not personal. It's like this is just natural selection. This is humanity. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's just what it is. You could say, oh, well, you're supposed to love me for me. Nobody loves you for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? No, that <laughs> is the truth right there. Say it louder. For right. the people in the back to make sure that they can hear you. Right. Nobody loves you for you. That is a no. false narrative. Like I do not believe that at all. I don't even believe my children love me for me. They love me for what I could do for them. You know, daddy's this, daddy's that. You know, that's this, you know, it's like it's nothing else. Chris Rock is bang on when he says that only women and dogs are unconditionally loved. Yeah, that's it. There's nothing else. We we are loved for what we bring to the equation. Right. And this, you know, and again, you look today where men are so emotional that they don't want to hear this because it's unfair. But mm -hmm. guess what? Life is unfair. There's nothing fair about this life. Right. There's nothing fair about this life. Nobody chooses the cards that were dealt. Well, but the way thing. we play those cards is on you. But. The first, you have to understand this very simple truth that right. nobody likes you for nobody as a man. Nobody loves you for you. They love you for what you can bring. Yeah. But this is not a bad thing. This is just a truth. Right. You like it or not. It's a truth. I feel Find like it's more so unfair for someone to give you a false narrative or a false mm -hmm. truth. Of course. You know, so I yeah. feel like a lot of us could save a lot. Like say. The other day, my uncle had me talk to this guy on the phone and, you know, he's a salesman. He, you know, it's like network, uh, multi-level marketing. Sure, so I was sure. like, you know, you're a good guy. You know, you're cool. We could connect, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not signing up and there's no way I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was just because, and, and then, that's like, well, then he was like, wow, you really told him like, look, I have to be fair with this guy as far as his time is concerned. Like mm -hmm. I, I made a, I made a non-negotiable. Look, I'm not gonna do it. So yep. if that's your goal into being friends with me or trying to be a companion with me, that's not gonna happen. You mm -hmm. might as well just focus your energy on something else. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, but then to me, that was the best thing I could have said and the best thing I could have did. Because a couple of years ago, I would have been like, oh, I'm gonna string them along, you know, yeah, you know. But it's like, no, I would rather you save your time. And deal with somebody that's going to give you what you want instead of you wasting your time with me because you know I have resources and I know a lot of people. It's like, no, that's not going to happen. You know, but it's even more than that. It's your time. Exactly.
if somebody contacts me out of the blue and it, I, I wasn't high in sales for more than 12 years, I can smell you. Right. You, you, right. I can smell you through email or through a text. I'll ask you right away. What are you selling? Right. That doesn't mean I'm not interested. I'm just asking. Skip the five first texts that you're going to send me trying to get to know me when you really don't care. Right. Just get to the point. What do you want? No, but what are you selling? How many times do I answer people? What are you selling? Right. It doesn't yeah. mean, again, maybe I'm looking for what you're selling, but don't waste my time or else I'll just delete you and block you and you'll never get anything from me. I don't need this. Yeah. My time is the only thing. Your time is the most important thing. It's the most, it's what has the most value is your time and who you choose to spend it with yeah. is the greatest gift that you can give. Right. If I choose to spend time with you as I do right now, this is a compliment that I'm doing that I believe in what you do. So mm -hmm. I will spend time with you. Right. This is, I'll never get this time back. This 45 right. minutes, an hour, I'll never get it back. Once it's right. done, it's done. For all I know, I only have a thousand of those hours left in my life. And I just <laughs> spent, no, no, but who yeah, knows? Seriously. Yeah. I, I'm not scared yeah. of death, bro. I, I've made peace with the fact that I'm going right. to die a long time ago. Right. I'm a fan of philosophy. Mm -hmm. So I've realized a long time ago that the, you're, what is the number one killer of men being born? Mm. It sounds like pessimistic, but it's not. It's you're just a realist. Life right. is short. I have lived three lifetimes, the equivalent of three lifetimes that I'm 41 years old. Mm -hmm. If I look at people that I used to hang out with 30 years ago, I've lived three, four, five times what they've lived and I'm nowhere close to being done just because I have the simple understanding that as you said, I have my place. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what the truth of men is. And I also know that an ultimate truth is the fact that I have very limited amount of time here, yeah. that it is so, so, so important that I choose who I spent it with and what I spent it on. Right. Yeah. But you need, and, and you need so what you were saying is not only respectful for the other guy, but it's respectful of your time too. You're not interested. I'm not interested. No, no, thank you. Yeah. Save your time. Maybe you don't put value. Maybe that guy doesn't put value on your time on, on mm -hmm. his time, but you do. So yeah. you know what? Thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah. And you know, I used to think those guys, cause I, I've been in sales forever. Right. So I would think those guys were like jerks and I'll take it personal. Now I think about it from a different perspective where it's like, you save my time so I could probably get somebody that wants to deal with me. Mm -hmm. yep. You know what I mean? So it's like, now I, I look at it like if you're not a part of, you know, my program or what I deem necessary for me, let's just cut ties and save each other's time. Like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. you could do, you can be with whoever you want to be with and mm -hmm. I'll do more of what I want to do. And that's okay. And I don't take it personal at all. But there's nothing to be taken personal in that. Who exactly. knows? Maybe you need his product. Maybe you need his service. Maybe he is there to help you. Mm -hmm. But that that's why I give them the, the benefit of the doubt. What are yeah. you selling? Oh, that's what you're selling. Sorry, bro. Not interested, but thank you. Right. Enjoy. Have a good one. Because right. I sell services too. So I like, I, I want to be respectful with people, but I expect people to be respectful. If you're not interested, man, tell me right off the bat. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Believe me. Right. I'm not going to go to the spend... bathroom and start crying because yeah, you said no to me. I, I mean, because <laughs> I look at it like that. there has been plenty of people, right, that were nice to me, you know, that was just like, oh, spent an hour talking to me and didn't do anything. And that yep. 
pisses you off more than mm-hmm. somebody hanging up on your face. Yep. It's like, man, we talked, we had a conversation, da 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 da. They're like, oh no, nah, it's not for me. I'm like, what? You know what I mean? So that kind of <laughs> that would throw me off too. But then you know, I'm kind of, I'm I'm the same. But it's like, there's no right or wrong way of you know respecting your time. It's like however you deem fit. Yep. It's okay. You know what I mean? And so, Nico, I want to ask you. So, I should ask you this a long time ago, but can you share <laughs> us? Can you share? Can you share with us your journey from growing up without a masculine figure to becoming a prominent men's coach and entrepreneur? Like, how did that process happen? You know, man, it, it all started with my dad was never really around. Like even as a child, I don't have a lot of memories of my father. He was he was an engineer. He was always on the road. My family's all military. So mm-hmm. my dad was never around. And when my parents got divorced, I was 14. He basically disappeared. I saw him. He died. I was 29. Last time I saw him, I was 19. And I saw him a handful of time when he left. Mm-hmm. and I, I didn't have any contact with him, like even not like phone contact. I didn't have any contact either. So when, you know, when he left, I was 14. Within a year, I was dropping out of school. I was becoming an alcoholic. I was already playing around with a lot of substances back then. And I wasn't interesting. I, I was looking for what I found to be a, a masculine man. And back mm. then, I'm an older guy, like I'm 41 years old. I, I'm a big fan of rap. I love, I love that gangster rap. Like I grew up listening to Easy, listening to Tupac, listening to Wu Tang Clan, Mob Deep, to Nas, and I was looking at those guys, and I'm like, I don't come from money either, and I'm like, man, how did those guys do it? They had way worse cards than I was played, and those guys are worth millions they have all the women in the world they're partying they have Mm -hmm. nice cars they have to understand something i don't understand so i started doing exactly what they did so next thing you know i'm selling drugs i'm partying all the time i'm writing rap and that's people laugh at this now but i was writing rap before eminem was something Mm -hmm. like this this to me is not is not a joke i was actually pretty good back then it's just Mm -hmm. but my 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 head was not in the right place. I wasn't concentrating on that. I just liked the lifestyle that was attached to it. Right. And I was in it for, and you know, it starts, you sell weed and then it's cocaine and then it's something else. And then it, you know, it always goes up and up and up and up. And one day I'm sitting in, I'm 20 years old. I'm sitting in my apartment. I'm getting evicted. I'm about to lose my place. It's my third apartment in four years. I just, I, all I did is party. That's all that matters to me is selling drugs and party at that time. And, Mm -hmm. My mom gave me a call, asked me a very simple question. Are you happy? When, you know, when people only change when they're at a point where pain and suffering is part of their life. When they under, when you hit rock bottom is normally when you're ready to listen. And now I'm in a situation where I have two options. I'm being evicted of my apartment. This is not an option. This is what's happening. I've been offered a step up in the drug game, if you will, instead of selling it, I've had, I had some friends that was growing a lot of weed. They were extremely well connected and I was offered a job in that field. And on the other side, I got my mother that calls me that tells me, Hey, are you happy? Mm-hmm. So I'm really sitting at a crossroad and I'm, you know, when you're ready, it's always the simple questions that tend to have the most impact when you're ready to listen, 
when you're ready to hear it. Yeah. Are you happy? This is an existential existential question. And when I was 20 years old, it hit me like a ton of brick. And, you know, overnight, I moved I moved back to my mom's place. She just offered me a roof. She's like, listen, I, I if you're not happy, come back. Maybe you can do something better than your with your life. I, I was pretty open with my mother back then. She knew mm -hmm. she had a very good idea. Of, although I haven't been li like living with her for at least four years by that time, she she had an idea of what I was doing. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. I'm, a lot of men are faced with situation like a crossroad, like you see in the movies, and you're not forced to take a decision, but you're put in a situation where your back's against the wall, and you can take. You need to do something. Mm -hmm. And I just changed overnight. I just, I saw an opportunity where I can continue doing what I'm doing and probably end up in jail. That's where most of my friends ended up. Mm -hmm. Or I could simply try to do something different. And that's all I did. And, you know, that simple decision that night to just move back to my mother's place, she, she just offered a roof. She's like, listen, I can't offer you more than a roof but you know when you're in a situation where all you're doing is consuming partying sleeping with women there's no morality in your life at all except what matters that day right that choice seemed like a massive choice today but that day changed the rest of my life that's the first day i looked at myself in the mirror and i admitted to myself that you know what bro you're an asshole You've heard a lot of people in your life. You're an addict. All that matters to you is what you do. You don't care about the consequences. I right. stole from family back then to just pay for my habits. I was not a good person. I was not a man. And that simple question, you know, if you have the accountability to ask yourself that question to say, am I a good man? Mm -hmm. Whatever that means to you right now, are you a good man? Would you be proud to put it all on the table. Would you, you know, I live my life now in a way that I want to be able to stand in front of God and to tell them and to prove, to be able to prove to him that I've done more good than bad. Mm -hmm. This is all that matters to me is to wow. be able to stand in front of God and he weighs my heart and he's like, bro, cool. You did a good job. Let's go. Right. That's all that matters to me. I will live the rest of my life since that day. This is what I think about. I want, to have a better impact that I can. I have a lot. I think I still have a lot to pay back because I was definitely an asshole back then. Mm -hmm. And this is how that simple question made me ask myself accountability questions that never left me. It's very interesting when you look at it and the fact that my father died has dictated my life over the past five to 10 years. Now I'm all, that's all I do. I'm always looking at helping others find mentors, give them direction as to where they can go. Like single mothers, for example, my next book is as much as for single mothers as it is for fatherless men. Mm -hmm. I want I want them to have 33 to 40% of, of boys now live without their biological father present. Mm. I want them to have an understanding of what it takes to become a man, where they can turn to find men that will help them become a man because a lot of people don't have good men in their lives anymore. So right. how are we supposed to find good mentors for those boys? Martial art to me, martial art changed my life. Is I that went it? back. 
Oh, was, yeah. was martial arts like a, a start of where you develop manhood? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, if I look, you know, if one thing that I've come to realize is the first, if you want to master yourself, it starts with mastering your body. I can tell you in good shape. Like, I, I can just look at you. I can tell you in good shape. You take care of your body. This is the first step because it's the easiest one to do. It's physical. You can see it in the mirror. There's no lies. Right. Your body will never lie. Right. Like um, some of my friends were inter interviewing uh, Don Cardone and he looked at my buddy and he's like, hey, bro, you have a six pack? You have abs? The guy's like 22 years old. He's he's jacked. Mm -hmm. He's like, of course I do. He lifts his shirt. He looks at him. He's like, do you know that in the States, one out of 10 men's a millionaire, but only less than 1% of men have visible abs. Right. It's 10 times harder <laughs> it's more than 10 times harder to have visible abs i'm not saying veins going everywhere visible abs right. is 10 times harder than become a millionaire so this to me proves what i've been thinking for years that if you can start by mastering your body mm -hmm. start treating your body with the respect that it deserves stop treating it like a dumpster right and put and treat it more as an engine with fuel requirements and mm -hmm. then start working out start treating start giving that exercise to your body and then you know what you'll start to see that you're not that weak right. that you do have control on something because we don't control a lot in our lives mm -hmm. but that you do control that's yeah. on you and yeah. when you start seeing when you stick to something and you start seeing those results you start understanding that oh man i do have power i do have discipline I do have courage. I do have something that most people don't. And mm -hmm. those questions starts activating things in your psyche where you start to understand, oh man, if I'm capable of doing that with my body, imagine what I'm capable of doing with my mind. Right. And this, if I look back at the past 20 years, when I decided to go back to my mother's place, I, I finished my high school. Then I did a quick course, like an 18 months accelerated course as a computer technician in college, mm -hmm. but I discovered the gym. I, I was 145 pounds, almost six foot two. I was a basketball yeah. player, man. This is all yeah, I did. Super skinny. <laughs> oh, bro. Holy, I was a twig. Yeah. I was literally, I'm something like 60. Right now, I'm probably like 55 pounds of muscle. Oh, no, more than that. I'm probably like, no, I'm 60 pounds of muscle heavier than I was back then. And I've, I've been up to 220 and I fought at 165. But all to say that once you start being able to mold your body to the image mm -hmm. that you want, you realize that your brain is the same. And that's why martial art to me is a game, is a game changer. Because not only does it give you the skills to become a protector, right. but it gives you confidence that just working out will not give you. Like people are intimidated by big guys that are 230, 240 pounds of muscle. To me, that to me, they're a joke. Those guys don't know how to fight. They can barely move. <laughs> they can barely do this. They so you took you took Muay, you were in Muay Thai, right? Oh, I, I I've dabbled in pretty much everything, but yeah, Muay Thai I've been in for about 20 years. Yeah. I'm a fan of Muay Thai. I'm a fan of defensive Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of Krav Maga. I'm a fan of Cali sticks. I'm a fan of guns i'm a fan yeah. like i've trained <laughs> no it's just that i used yeah. to train you know i started martial arts in my early 20s because i was bullied when i was a teenager mm -hmm. and i knew in the back of my head that i was not uh, that i was a coward 
I knew that if shit hit the fan, I'd turn into a little bitch. Mm -hmm. I knew that. And when you start taking care of your body, you start taking care of your mind. You're like, okay, let's, let's face it. I don't know how to defend myself. So you know what? I'll learn. Right. But the next thing, you know, there's some natural traits into you that only a good coach is going to see. And my coach, my, my first Muay Thai coach saw something in me and he's like, bro, you're going to start fighting. I get okay, what? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I just want to learn how to defend myself, bro. But next thing you know, I was fighting and mm. man, those skills are translated. Like you can translate everything that I've learned in martial art. I can translate to regular life. I, I like to say that martial arts has forged me as a man. Not yeah. only do I have the skills to defend myself, to defend my family, to defend my loved ones, but I'm coachable. I'm disciplined. People can rely on me like I can rely on others. Mm -hmm. I, I know how to take a punch. I know that my mind is stronger than my body. That right. you know, people quit. Oh, I can't do it anymore. Hey, bro, you can you're still conscious. Yeah, you can still do it. Right. Your body will literally shut my body has shut down on me through fasting. I, I like to do extended period of fast. And last time I did a five after four and a half days, I lost consciousness. I'm like, yeah, okay, you know what? My mind wanted to go, but I'm like, this is crazy. This is stupid. Yeah. I'm gonna have, I'm doing something wrong. There's mm -hmm. something not okay with my body. I'm gonna start eating again. But my right. point is martial art taught me that that you will quit in your mind way before your body quits. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine if you can build the mindset that will not allow you to quit? That you're you can control your body until it shuts off. You're yeah, stronger. Man. I'm I'm stronger than my body. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm stronger in my mindset is stronger than my body is. You know, it's crazy because you know, people think that, you know, oh man, let's get a workout in with each other. I'm like, you will not be able to last with me. I will not <laughs> like they think I don't that train with like, people either. I train alone, bro. I yeah, it. it's like, no, like I will there's man, I'm telling you, like I, I try to train people and they never come back. You know what I'm saying? But then it's like it's not that you know you look this way because you know I was like, nah, I like really condition my mind to put myself through hell. You know what I mean? Like I I'll, sometimes if I'm working out by myself, I don't even know how many sets I do. I just start doing them until I just yep. feel a burnout, you know, but then, you know, I have those medals in the background. I'm a big fan of the Spartan races and, you know, you, you're going through obstacles, you're running miles, you know, you're in a different terrain. No one is there to save you. You know, yep. you can't quit. If you quit, you're just going to be laying there because nobody's going to get you. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I, I pay to go through that. So I can condition my mind and my body to be strong, mm -hmm. you know, so we have to put ourselves through different things to condition ourselves like continuously, you know, people are like, wow, why do you do that? Why do you? Cause I have to, I why have to don't do, you. I, yeah. Why, why don't, don't you? you? You know what I'm saying? This like, is the question. Why don't you do it? Come on, man. Like if you move to, if you move to an affluent area, you're going to see people walking their dogs. You're going to see people jogging. You're going to see people active, you know, but if you move to a, a, a area where it's like low socioeconomic status, yep. those people don't do anything. They don't even nope. move. Nope. And yet it's a hundred percent on you. Right. You know, this, I did a few Spartan race for shits and giggles. 
really yeah. i was still fighting back then there was a guy I used to work with he, he used to be massive in this and it's like hey have you ever done this in my head i'm like bro i go through crazier shit on a daily on a daily base you know what i'll do it with you sure yeah i did better than him and it was just a joke to me it was just fun it's yeah. just oh it's saturday it's nice outside okay cool Let, right. let's do it i'm used to torturing my body it's fun it's actually it was actually pleasant yeah. to do those things but mostly because you see how strong mentally you are and how weak other people are oh, yeah. and how much your work yeah. over the years have strengthened not only your body right. but your mind too and to go back to what you were saying i don't train with other people either like when it comes to the gym i train not only because most people can't keep my pace it's more than that it is time that i spend with myself right. this is my this is my time mm. this is my time it's mine I'm establishing that mind-to-body connection. Like, I'm a big, big fan of self-hypnosis. I talk mm -hmm. to myself multiple times a day. I have some speech that I've learned by heart that I repeat myself every day, yeah. multiple times a day. And, you know, I, I started doing that not that long ago, actually, where as I'm working out, I was doing triceps yesterday. As I'm doing triceps, I'm imagining all my my muscle fiber within my triceps breaking and mm -hmm. reconstructing getting bigger same thing i was doing shoulder triceps and biceps yesterday same thing i imagine my shoulder are, are, are ripping through my shirt right when i'm actually training but you know this is why i train alone not only the pace plus i don't like to depend on other people to say oh, i'm gonna nap no mm -hmm. if i'm going i'm going screw you. you you can do whatever you want on your own time again i respect my time more than that right but it's you know, it's when you become mindful, because at the end of the day, this is what's key. Once you become accountable, you can start being mindful mm -hmm. about who you are, what you are, what you let around you. Like I'm, I'm finishing my chapter on courage. I was writing this morning about courage. And one of the things I talk about is your inner circle. Mm -hmm. How important, as you just said, your socioeconomic neighborhood can, can show it to you. But yeah. I guarantee you, the, the the guys that have more money, they tend to get up more early. They mm -hmm. tend to work out more. To mm -hmm. work out more, they read more. I guarantee. You know, people were saying, "Oh yeah, uh, uh, they don't like traffic." You know what? I used to get up so early that I never got through traffic. <laughs> no, but it's true. Yeah. Like how many times have I, when I was a sales engineer, I I would have meetings all over the place, and you know what I did? I found a gym that was close to my first meeting in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I would leave, I would get up at three or four in the morning. I would read for an hour. I jump in the car with my gear, my suit, and I go to the gym. I've always worked out to different gyms, depending where I was. Right. And I worked out right next to my first meeting, finish my workout, grab a calf, grab a coffee, check out the emails. Boop, I was at my customer meeting. I never mm -hmm. had to go through traffic. I was there before traffic. Right. But, but I'm, but every single person out there that are high achievers will do that. Mm -hmm. to this day you know this year on january 1st i was we were where were we we were in texas we were in austin texas mm -hmm. i got up so early that morning to finish my first book that people were still outside partying damn and this to me blows my mind when it comes to my discipline like today i'm not feeling it at all i'm not in the great mood i did not produce what i should produce on a daily basis, but mm -hmm. i still worked about six hours to me that's not much right but i'm, I'm normally up at three o'clock in the morning so by the time people 
get to work, I've been working for six hours. Right. By the time I go to the gym, if I go to the gym at noon, I've been working for eight to 10 hours. And I'm still going to do something when I get back. But mm -hmm. this is how powerful all of that is. And I'm not an exception. You know, Steve Harvey said that in this. He was just talking to the audience and he's like, if you think you can sleep eight hours and be extremely, extremely successful, guess what? You're wrong. Mm. And I'm not saying you shouldn't sleep. All I'm saying is that there's sacrifices to be made if you really want right. something. And that's what he was saying. He's like, listen, I mean, if you're in California, that means that the people down east are waking up three hours prior to you. Yeah. That means that if the, it, when it's nine o'clock over there, it's six o'clock here. And mm -hmm. I've traveled through 23 states in the last year. So I know I'm always have to readjust depending yeah. where I am. And, you know, if it's nine o'clock Eastern time, that's fine for you. Because if, if you're in Eastern, that's fine. But that means that it's five o'clock. It's eight o'clock for you when regular people stop working at five o'clock in L.A. Mm -hmm. So you always, no matter where you are, you have to adjust with who's there, like right. with who you're dealing with. And so that means that there's sacrifice that needs to be done. And often that's your sleep, right? Right. Yeah. But those are, you know, as soon as you become accountable, you can start being mindful, control the things you control, forget the ones you don't and simply take responsibility and say, this is, this is, those are my parameters. Those are what I are. Those are what I want. Mm -hmm. Those are my virtues. This is what I owe to my family, my loved ones. And what can I do to get this to, to make the best out of this? Right. Right. Well, I agree. Well, with everything that you said that, cause it's like, we have to develop habits you know, that's going to propel us to be successful, you know? So it's like, and, and there's no way, no other way to do it. As far as like, for me, you know, like I know, like I, I have another bookshelf full of books. I have books all over the place in my office that can't even fit in the bookshelf, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, in order for me to be this type of person, I have to break the conditioning and the mindset that I grew up with because mm -hmm. those people aren't successful and I don't want to be like them. So now <laughs> I have to, you know, create like well a crash said, course. brother, you know, yeah. seriously, bro. Like, like I look, but I'm, I, I, look at this. I have books like all over yeah. the place. You know what I mean? But so I'm laughing. Like, I'm laughing because you said something so important. I spent 20 years dismantling what I have learned oh. or what I did not learn mm -hmm. and try to figure out for myself. And you're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Why it's, I'm, it's tough, bro. Like, can you, you know, the, what I like, I, I'm a big meditator. And one of the things that I've, I've always loved and I'll never have an answer for it, mm -hmm. but can you imagine if with the brain power that I have and the discipline that I've acquired, if somebody would have taught me that when I was 14. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? And this is yeah. what, like, I don't have kids yet because I did not meet a woman that I wanted to have kids with until a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. The thing is, though, my kids are not going to start at the same place as I no. did. No. Not only am I breaking, not only am I going to break the cycle of poverty in my family mm -hmm. 
they will never have to worry about money because of the mind that they will have. Right. Just because of the type of humans that I want, that we're going to build just from the understanding that, man, can you imagine where I would be today? If I was, if I had a father that would have taught me this, Man, me everything and my, I've learned me, over the past 25 years. Me and my brother actually talk about that all the time. He was just like, man, we're so smart. You know, we could have been at Harvard. We could have did, you know, a lot of things if we just would have been, you know, had the opportunities to be great and, the, you know, yep. the parents to push us in the right direction mm-hmm. instead of just letting us like, okay, you know, whatever, you know, you guys just do whatever. But now I'm just like, look, man, we could still be whatever we want to be and be better. Yep. But then we could also implement that into our children. Like the way I talk to my children is totally different than the way I was talked to growing up and their mindsets are just different. You know, my son is crying and he's upset. I walk up to him. Hey man, calm down. You're going to be okay. Control yourself. He's like, you know, but I'm not like coming up to him like, man, why are you crying? What are you doing? Like, I'm not just like that. I'm like, no, he's a human being. I have to have him understand these things. You know what I'm saying? Like, calm down. You're good. You can do it. You're going to be okay. But the way I was talked to is totally different, you know, but then I built the awareness and the emotional intelligence to be able to communicate with people in a way to where they could understand. But then there's also a healthy way to do it. You know what I mean? So, this, yeah, bro. This like, is this is why you do what you do. It's the same yeah. reason I do it. It's it's just I, I love philosophy. I love psychology and philosophy and theology. Mm-hmm. I li- and I like to mix to me they're all interrelated. Religion is all about philosophy and uh psychology. Right. So to me what you're saying is absolutely real. It's 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 a beautiful thing. I just it blows my mind to know that if I can do it on my own, imagine what it could have done if somebody was there. This is just me. This is just the impact that one person can have on somebody else. And it doesn't doesn't even need to be your kids. It's just become the man that your 14 year old self would have needed. And then look at how many people you're going to, you're going to impact just by being, just by being you. People are always watching. Oh yeah. And especially with the rise of social media, when you, you start having a following, it's not because people are not commenting. It's right. not people because people are not liking your stuff that they're not seeing what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. It, it's even, you know, I was just at a funeral and I spoke at a friend who passed away uh, at his funeral. Right. And so it was like a group of us that all got together. And after I spoke, a, a close friend of mine, it's a woman, she came to me and she's always been like a strong, tough, you know, woman. Like, you know, like, you know, like she's a tough girl. She came to me, hugged me and said, thank you for being a symbol of strength for us. Huh? You have always been a symbol. And it kind of like, it just got to me. Like I didn't even know that I impacted her and other people in that kind of way. Like I was oblivious to it. Like I didn't even know how to interact. <laughs> it was just like, wow. Like I would have never imagined that someone would say that to me. You know what I'm saying? Or like, anything like that and you know just i just had a, another podcast and 
you know, I told the uh, the guests, I was like, we have no idea how we're impacting people by just being the best versions of us. Like my brother owns a barbershop. He cuts a lot of people in our old neighborhoods here, right? And so I put up a, a picture of me working out, shirt off and all of that. And like everybody, you know, to my knowledge, was just impressed. And my brother was like, you like the talk of the town right now. Everybody talking about you and fitness and da 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 And I'm like, wow, I would have never imagined it. They didn't comment. They didn't like. They didn't DM me. But they see it. So now I'm like, I even told um, someone uh, the other day, I'm like, now that I have this podcast, I have to hold myself to a higher standard with everything, because now it's like everybody's watching. Mm -hmm. Everybody's seeing this develop. I can't say reckless things on the Internet no more. I have to be mindful of things. I can't just go with like, you know, like I just can't go with my first thought. You know what I'm saying? And just being like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. You know, I'm going to just say this and see what happens. And maybe people will laugh. It's like, no, man, you can't do that anymore. You are now, when you become vulnerable and you put your best self out, you are accountable for like all of these people, including yourself. You know, the rep- the best representation of you as a man. You know, because you could destroy your whole image just by a couple sentences. And it goes even further than that. The, you know, being vulnerable is one thing, but when you start, if you start growing and now my, you know, my, this is not something, it's not a brag. It's just a a fact. Mm -hmm. I reach between five and 10 million people every month with my content. And I talk about stuff that most people don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I've noticed is not only do you need to be authentic because people will know right away if you're full of shit. So you need to be yourself. You can't be scared to speak your mind, but you need to be ready for the backlash that comes with it too. Oh yeah. Because there's a lot of people and a lot of those people are close to you too. You don't know how many people hate you behind your back until you start talking about it. Once you start putting your stuff out there, and say, you know what, this is who I am. Yeah. I will stand by what I say. And people will expose themselves. Yes, people are not talking. You know, the, your shirtless picture at the barbershop. Pe- that, hopefully that inspires people. How mm-hmm. many people talk shit about that picture? Yeah, but that's but that's the thing that like now I can't even worry about it. You know, I just, I just now notice that me, you know, me, my cousin was like, you know, me and you are the villains of the family. You know, people say, but I I just laughed at it. I was like, so the two oldest men in the family, you know, wife and kids, our kids are happy. We both have four kids, you know what I mean? So it's like, how are we the villains? Accountability. Exactly. That's the only, (laughs) you know, what I was saying is it's a good thing because you develop thick skin, but not only that, but one thing that I've realize over the years is that people that are capable of insulting you Mm -hmm. are not insulting you because they hate you right if you read about psychology the principle is very simple we like people that are like us we like people that reflect a part of us that we like we hate the people because they reflect a part of us that we don't like so we're so 
were so selfish deep down that I like you as a guy because you're above dude and I'm above dude and all that, and I like that. <laughs> so that's what no no, but seriously, that's why you and I we can start on that basis. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you hate someone, chances are, if not a hundred percent of the time, is because you share that same flaw, mm -hmm. but you don't like to see it. So instead of admitting to yourself that I have that flaw, you will hate on somebody. You will insult somebody to make you feel better about yourself. And yeah. unfortunately, that's probably exactly what's happening with your family. Oh, they, yeah. they hate on you because they know that they should do better. Because right. if you're, if you have no, they, you're basically exposing the fact that they have no excuse. If you were able to do it, what's the difference? We come mm -hmm. from the same place. Why right. are you not successful? Why do you not have a stronger mindset? Why are you not more educated? Mm -hmm. Because you chose not to and you were lazy. This right. is the simple, this is what it comes down to. Call a spade yeah. a spade, right? Yeah. And yeah. you just remind them. You just remind them that they could do better. Yeah, but then it's but then you know you can have the good intentions, but those people still look at you like, no, your advice isn't right. But it's like mm -hmm. I have what you want to achieve. <laughs> <laughs> like like yeah. how am how am I wrong? You yeah. know, like I even had a deal with the family member that was trying to talk to me about, you know, diet. He was like, No, nah, you gotta do everything in moderation. I'm like, look, man, shut the fuck up. How you how are, fat was he? Very fat. Exactly. You know, it's, so it's, it's like always so so please, <laughs> like, why are you talking to me? Like, I lived, I've been I have never been overweight. Like, yeah. I'm not one of those guys that's like, you know, uh, you know, like nowadays, it's like I grew up, I was a fat kid, and I, I was never that. I was right always exercising, always. Yep. Like, that's what I'm known for. I can't even pretend people will like con condemn me, like, bro, you have never been out of shape. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's like I could really talk about this and you should really listen. You know what I'm saying? But then it's like the ego and the, you know, it's like all of that stuff gets in the way because, you know, if, if someone has something, I kind of, I listen to them with, what do they call it? Like just, you know, with the unbiased ear, you know, I just, yep. I just take it all in. I may not agree with everything, but I'm sure you're going to tell me something that's going to spark you know what I'm saying? I could take it for what it is. Now, if you're not a father or a husband or, you know, like a supreme, like maybe I probably wouldn't listen to you because you're not acting as if, you know what I'm saying? Because it's always different when you're all, when you're really in the field, but if you're really in the field and you have something I want to achieve, I'm going to listen to you. You know what I mean? So you don't like fat personal trainers? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, man. Like honestly, bro, I, I used to go to gyms, and you know they automatically want to set you up with a personal trainer. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm in a better shape than this guy. You know, oh. so it's like, why, why would I want? Like, what are you gonna tell me? And I worked out with one, and it just wasn't intense enough for me. You know what I'm saying? It was like yeah. when I see personal trainers, it's like. You know, it's laxy days. It's like, okay, you know, you know, and I'm like, yep. that's not my style, you know, but yep. if you don't look like a person who I would aspire to look like, I wouldn't even, you know, like, yep. why would I, you know, right, I got to aspire right to look you. at, look like you, or you have to at least look like you work out. You know, I should uh, undeniably look at you and be like, damn, I know that guy's getting it in. Like, you don't have more to more than be, that. I need to look up to you. 
If you want right. me to listen to, I've been in fitness my whole life. Like you said, I played basketball my whole life. I was always in shape. Right. I've been in the gym for more than 20 years. You, mm -hmm. you better know your stuff. I don't care that you've been to university. Chances are I know more than you do because right. I study this stuff every day and I've been testing it on my own body. I right. know this. It's not, I didn't learn this shit in a book and made it something. No, no, no. It's, it's more than theory now. Yeah. But man, it is, it is incredible what we, just, just like you said, uh, all in moderation. Yeah. If you want to be mediocre, all right. in moderation, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. right. You should have every time people tell me, oh, life, uh, personal life and work balance. I'm like, yeah, that does not exist. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck that is. Right. No idea. If you want to be mediocre, if you want to live the same life everybody lives, you want to have a nine to five and yep. realize that you're 60 and you haven't accomplished shit in your life. Yep. You know what? Life and work, personal life and work balance is for you. Ain't right. for fucking me. Right. It ain't. Right. And That's I'm just so tired of the <laughs> cliche theories, man, where it's like, you know what, bro, you got to do you know, whatever's best for you. Like some people have to work out at midnight. You know, I, bro, I remember this girl telling me that she wakes up at like 4 a.m. and runs eight miles, come home, comes home, get her kids ready, take them to school and then go to work. I'm like, you are probably 0.009% of mothers to even do that. But she had a goal to you know look a certain way you know what i mean but then it's like that person did whatever it took and was really like serious about it you with know the time she, she was had with the yeah. time she had right there's well, no excuse there's yeah. no excuse yeah, why do seriously. you think i was reading at four o'clock in the morning right because you i needed to be at the gym at five or five thirty when it opened so that right. i can get a workout in so that right. i can go to work afterwards because i'm teaching martial art after right. my 12 hours day like, yeah. when did I have time to develop my mind? At four o'clock in the morning. Right. This was my window. So right. I did it then. Same thing as her. She has to take care of her kids. Okay. When I come back from work, I'll be too tired. When can I do it? Get up early and do it then when everybody else is sleeping. You know yeah. how satisfactory it is to work when everybody else is sleeping? I love it. I love yeah. to know that I get up in the morning. It's three o'clock, 3.30. I open the blind. I turn on the lights. Oh, I'm the only light that's turned on. Everybody else is still sleeping. But you I know what? Man, I used to love waking up at four in the morning. Going, I got to condition myself back into back it's natural. into that habit. Yeah. It's natural. <laughs> it's natural. I haven't used an alarm in years. Hmm. I just, I'm so, you know, there's a book by uh, Matthew. It's called Why We Sleep. Can't remember the name of the author, but it's Matthew something in he explains all your circadian rhythm. He explains everything about your body. Once you master this, when you start paying attention to your body, I can tell I always wake up at the same time. Mm. And it doesn't matter that it's a Saturday, it's a Sunday. I'm always up early. Yeah. But you have to learn this. You have to condition your body. You have yeah. to listen to your body. If my body, like today, I'm not feeling well. And as much as my mind is telling me, bro, you need to go to the gym. You need to go to the gym. You need to go to the gym. I'm, I'm at a point in my life now. I'm like, I have more chances of doing something stupid at the gym and hurting myself because I'm tired and I'm not paying attention. Yeah, It's smarter to me to just say, you know what? Don't do it. Just don't go. I know. I, my body does not lie to me. 
Right. I am so in touch with my body that if my body's telling me, my if my mind is not working, it's because there's something wrong with my body. My body's telling me, bro, you're you're exhausted. You need to stop. Yeah, because it's important that we pay attention to that, man. It's crazy because <sighs> last week I took an entire week off and I would train like five to Good six days a week. And yep. you know, I noticed that like, man, I'm not as strong as I am, or nope. you know, my quads are still very sore you know it's mm -hmm. like what's happening like i would you know i'll do uh, you know like 200 pounds on the pool now it's like 120 it's like bro you need to rest yeah yeah you gotta you gotta go to sleep like you barely been getting sleep so it's like you couldn't repair and now it's like you know what i'm gonna force myself to take this week off and it's, it was just the best feeling like i feel more energetic you know even but when it, i take it's a good nap for your body it's good yeah. for your body oh yeah it actually will help you yeah. So if you're somebody that trains all the time, that's always vigilant. And as I was telling earlier, your body, your head, your mindset's stronger than your body. Yeah. So even on the days that you don't want to go, you're like, hey, bitch, right. let's go. Right. <laughs> let's, let's, right. Why are we even having this discussion right now? Right. Go. We right. could be pushing right now and we'd be closer to finishing. <laughs> right. Let's go now. Right. But but that's great when you you're starting and you're building this for the first few years it's great but then after a while you get older you get wiser i've had a lot of surgeries my body is hurting all the time now mm -hmm. i know that you know what me skipping today to rest will make my workout tomorrow i'll go work out on saturday it's okay instead right. of not working out i'll go work out even if i do just a quick workout even if it's 30 minutes instead of an hour yeah at least you got out and you did it. Like to me, my, to work an eight hours a day is a small day. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I don't feel accomplished if I only put in eight hours of work. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, bro, you work every day. Right. You've put as much work as a regular person and you feel like shit about it. Mm -hmm. But this is being more wise, listening to your body to know that, you know what, you need a break. How did you feel when you went back yesterday? Oh, man, I felt to great. I actually just worked out in my garage and, you know, I just felt more, I, I don't like I was, I did the bench press, the incline bench press. I worked out on chest, triceps and shoulders. And it was just crazy. Like mm -hmm. I'm sore today, you know, but I feel like I'm very sore because I gave my body a chance to like fully recover. And then you broke it. And then you really broke it. And then you broke it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. When you feel, you know, like you feel the type of, you know, that sore where it's like, yep. you it's know what I mean? Like I love there's, that sore. there's levels of soreness, sore. you know what I'm yep. saying? But I, I feel the sore, sore where it's like, I mean, I didn't overexert myself, but then it's like I put it in. I got it in to where it's like I could feel it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I know I broke this down, but then it's yep. like I'm not operating on a muscle that hasn't finished recovering from you know the weeks of breaking it down you know what i'm saying so it's like i lifted heavier i lifted more you know i, I have more energy you know what i mean so yeah man i actually um someone actually said this i named mike wentz or something like that like a, a professional bodybuilder he was like you need at least a week or four days of rest for your body to fully recover and so now i'm just like i'm really paying attention to that you know like i will i usually do like you know, two days out the week, chest, two days, legs, and yeah, yeah. two days, uh, you know, push, pull, legs, push, pull, legs. But now I'm just like, you know, maybe I should just do one workout a week and then rest 
and recover and then get back on it. You know what I'm saying? And as you, you know, there's, I'm on a new program now that an insane trainer gave me, but mm -hmm. prior to this, I was doing a six weeks program. It's all, I'm always overloading. Like mm -hmm. the first three weeks are just three sets of everything. And then it's four and then it's five and then it's six. And I chop at the time of rest from yeah. two minutes to a minute to 30 seconds. But by my sixth week, I'm done. Like mm -hmm. I am done. And mm -hmm. then I would do a two, three, four day. I would take the next week off, completely mm -hmm. off, do a three to five days fast to mm. give my body the time to recuperate. Yeah. It's insane. It's absolutely insane how that week off will just allow your body to recuperate your mind to recuperate and then when you start again you feel so much better yeah. like you're more like today is not a good day for me i know that mentally i'm i haven't been there since i woke up but i still woke up at three i still did what i had to do and now i i did less work but i know tomorrow my work is going to be incredible my body needed a slower day yeah. I'm not arguing with it because I know the output that I'm going to that I'm going to generate is going to be is going to be shit. Yeah. At least I did something. I did more than the average person would do either way. Mm -hmm. But I know not to exert myself to just say, you know what? Maybe you skip the gym today. Maybe you you do it go an extra day. Just push it. Take the day off, just push it to Saturday instead of today. Yeah. With that being said, man, I, I'm really careful about what I think when I'm how I think when I'm in those down times. You know? Oh, you like, got you got to know your brain. You got to know yourself. Oh, yeah. Just, so because it's like oof. you don't make any decisions while yep. your mind is in this state. Don't make any important no. decisions. No, don't do anything critical, no. you know, because I want to finish my book. But I've been so exhausted where it's like yep. I'm going to take some time off when I finish recuperating. Like, so say I did this, right? One Sunday, I've written for like hours. Then yep. I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a break and then go back to it and read it when I'm not exhausted from all mm -hmm. this writing. Man, yep. I changed up so much stuff. Oh my God. You know, when I gave myself that break and went back, because I'm like, when I go back, I want to have a different, clear frame of mind. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be exhausted where it's like, I just want to get it over with. I changed up so much stuff. I almost changed the, you know, the whole book. You know, I'm like, no, let me add this. Let me put this here. No, nah, this doesn't sound right. You know what I mean? So it's like, now I'm like, okay, when I do have an ample amount of rest, that's the time where I go in and do these critical things. Anything else like a monkey could do, I could do that when I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? But like real critical stuff, I need to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm on point, but it's mind discipline, you know? And so, um, but that's why I get up at three, by the way. Right. To write. No, but yeah. that's when I'm creative between three mm -hmm. and nine, three and eight in the morning. Yeah. This is where my mind is. So I try to do all my writing in the morning when I'm fresh. Yeah. I'm going to get that book. It says it's called Why Do We Sleep? Why Do We Sleep? Yep. Why Do We by... Sleep by Matthew something. I'll figure it out. That's all I need. <laughs> oh, why We Sleep. There's one book called Why We Sleep. And it's, it's a brick. It's not the, I'm telling you right now, it's not the most, uh, entertaining book it's but mm -hmm. the guy is brilliant the guy puts it in perspective he's uh that's what he does he's a neuroscientist so he's mm. brilliant brilliant matt walker matthew mark doctor yeah. dr walker matthew okay mark walker is the name of the guy yeah all right now okay so nico and closing i want to ask you this 
what message would you like to leave our listeners with regarding the importance of reclaiming manliness and staying true to one's beliefs? Accountability. Hmm. It all comes down to this. My whole journey of self-mastery started with taking accountability. Every single person I've ever met in my life that were successful, whatever success means to you, all started the day they took accountability for their actions. It's always, there's no, there's nothing special about this. There's no, there's no secret. You want to do something, you know, if your life sucks, it's your fucking fault. Mm -hmm. Build from that. Accept right. that's look at any I will I I did AA, I did NA when I was younger, when I was still an addict. What are the first thing they tell you? There's a problem. Admit that there's a problem. Then you right. know what you realize? Not only there's a problem, but I'm the fucking problem. So yeah. that's it. Be accountable. Whatever it is, every single problem in your life, in society, in the world right now, has to do with accountability. Somebody somewhere did not want to do their job. Don't right. be that guy. Don't be, be that guy. Being accountable and being brutally honest has been for <laughs> Ronald Samar. I'm talking about like brutally honest. Like if you're going to lie to somebody, don't let it be yourself. You know, <laughs> don't you're lie absolutely to yourself. Right. That's but not... can you really be accountable if you're not brutally honest at the same time? I don't think nope. so. I nope. think that one is. You can't cut yourself any slack. together. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> right. Hey, Nico, man, this has been a fantastic conversation. You know, I feel like we're best friends now, you know. We should hit the gym. <laughs> but that's how it is, brother. I like the way you think, man. Thanks for, really, thank you for having me. No problem. No problem, man. And so where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platform at Real Nico Lagan. You can go to my website. I, I don't just have a website with tiny things. I have a webmaster on staff that's we're always working on it we're always adding a bunch of stuff but my first book is there for free i broke my um i broke my exclusivity with uh amazon so mm -hmm. the narration of my first book is there and it's not made by me it's meant by a professional so it's right there under publication i do run a blog but i i started a new series of video on uh, ancient ancient virtues Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of stoicism, Gnosticism. I'm a big fan of Christianity and I like old school way of thinking. So mm -hmm. all that type of stuff you can find on my website too. So, okay, great, man. Thank you. I'll definitely take a look at that, man. So again, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. And yeah, when you slide to California on your, in your RV or however you're doing it, <laughs> <laughs> just let me know. Okay. Sounds like a plan, man. All right, man. Thanks again. Yep. Bye. Bye.